Welcome to Beat a Dead Source. We got a mini episode for you today. It's me and David back together again. Hey, David. Hi. 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 <laughs> um, so obviously we've had David on in a number of contexts before um, as a linguist and as a former cult member and today also as a former Jewish person or current Jewish are or, you still or, former everything actually okay, for, okay former so, uh, <laughs> so we wanted to talk about uh something that came up during the recent religion episode but before we get into that I'll let David kind of go through a little bit of his his personal history with regards to the topic okay um just brief overview I was born into a um observant Jewish house household not not an orthodox one but an observant one um uh and I sort of left Judaism around 15 or 16, um, got into paganism for a while, um, and then Christianity after paganism, and then shamanism after Christianity, and then Buddhism after uh, shamanism, and then Hinduism a little bit for like a year, and then back to Buddhism and Christianity together, and then pantheism, and then atheism, um, and then agnosticism, I guess, is where I land. <laughs> so, so you pretty much hit the whole cycle. Yeah, I've gone through it all. Um, and, right. and like, uh, I, for, like, I want to be clear about two things. One, I'm not, I'm not a religious scholar by any academic definition, but um, two, in every of those stages, I have delved deeply into the philosophy and the practice, and I know a few things. Uh, I, I would I would say that I, I know more than average. I I, I don't have um, I don't have a degree, but I you know I've spent a lot of my years really uh, reading about and looking into religious stuff. Okay, so. Um... So a pretty wide range of experience and and also just academic knowledge as well. Yeah, I mean, which, yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think you know one of the not to linger on this point, but um, you know, having grown up in a Unitarian Universalist home and church, um, we were very aggressively exposed to. Well, wait, that came out funny. Uh, we were. <laughs> No one exposed themselves to us. That's a Catholic thing. That's not a Unitarian <laughs> thing. Um, but um, we were we were exposed to an, like every different religion. We would go to Hindu temples. We would go to Buddhist um, monasteries. We would That's go to really synagogues. Cool. We would go to church, various churches. You know, Lutheran and Episcopal and Catholic and um, Baptist. Like we, they, they specifically went out of their way to to have us understand all of these other religions there isn't a unitarian universalism like religion to understand so the whole process the whole religious ed education process is um is understanding world religions hmm. in general all of them um, That's actually really and cool. what you do as a unitarian is sort of develop your own all right. Well, this kind of makes sense to me. This resonates with me. This doesn't. And so it builds sounds, your own thing. It sounds like what you're telling me is that I was accidentally a Unitarian. I mean, the whole time. Um, I would say that, like, 
I think maybe if 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 you had stumbled across it earlier on, yeah, you you may have been pretty happy there. I think you you still might. I don't know if there are any in Korea, but I mean, these days, <laughs> um, in in my current iteration, um, I'm not interested in yeah. um, a religious community anymore. Um, I I am I am I am. An evangelical agnostic. Um, <laughs> ah. I preach the word of our inability to know. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I want to spread it far and wide. We we just can't know. Right there with you, man. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm pretty close to sure that there isn't any like higher power, but I'm more sure that I'll never be sure. Like, yeah, if that makes I'm, sense. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, I'm not close to sure about anything. I'm oh, I'm just one hundred percent unsure. There's no way to be certain about these things. I, I mean, I'm I'm close to sure that there's no like man sitting on the clouds. Like I I definitely um, strongly don't believe in an anthropomorphic deity. Mm -hmm. um, if there's something, I think it's more closer to the Buddhist concept of uh, like you know. Um, maybe like getting a little bit armchair physics, like there's an electromagnetic field, there's there's a gravitational field, maybe there's a consciousness field hmm. um, that that we all, that and we're all just perturbations in that, that field. Um, sure. it, like that's the closest notion so, that I currently have, but that's, you know. But that's not actually like, discussion. yeah, that's, that's not really what we're, what we wanna talk about today. Um, what we wanted to dig into was the question that you you kind of got the tip of the iceberg for a fact check. So during that episode, uh, Julian, our guest, raised a um, made a statement. As far as I know, all of the other religions are people trying to make their way to God. That's kind of actually how like the Old Testament Israelites were. They were trying to get to God's level. But Christianity is God coming down to our level. Like, okay, so in terms of the, the Christian narrative, yes, obviously that's the religion in which God incarcerated himself. Um, I mean, then there's Hinduism, Krishna, but... Yeah, Krishna did that all the time, like yeah. Zeus. <laughs> Except that he raped less people than Zeus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's another right. like Zeus liked to become human a lot as well. Um, so I wouldn't say that that's <laughs> all right. Um, I, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's unique to Christianity um, in any sense. But I think that what he was getting at was something um, beyond, which is the notion that Christianity is a salvation-based religion, um, mm -hmm. is what, that's what I heard more. No, and, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think that's where he was driving with that, uh, with the point of God becoming more human for the purpose yeah. of sacrificing himself, as I understand it, because the only way to deliver from the sin that we're all born with and is forced upon us by God is by death. And so what God decided to do was instead of having all of us die to save us from that sin, he would turn part of himself into a sort of human, which then would be killed 
in like um yeah. that's not, the, that's there's the, a word I, that i want that is a super easy word that i cannot think of but like yeah uh, in place uh, of all of that. Um, uh oh oh um what's yeah the the a martyr i mean okay yeah that's not the word i was looking for but that is definitely um like that is the primary example of martyrdom i think yeah um and and but the the consequence of that narrative so yes that's the christian narrative um a very common or predominant mm -hmm. christian narrative i wouldn't say it's the only christian narrative but it is it is uh i would say at least in the present day the dominant christian narrative the consequence of that narrative is creating um a salvation-based religion a religion that is um based on like what we want to achieve is you know salvation the afterlife heaven um which for example in judaism isn't really a thing um there's vague talks about the book of life but it's not really discussed much it's 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 very vague it's it's um not clear what what the goal of judaism is i never did um understand the the jewish concept of afterlife the best i could ever say is like well there isn't a heaven and hell right there's there's a notion like the the um uh one of the notions is that someday all the dead will come back to life on earth and that's why like jews are often against like tattoos and also Mm -hmm. cremation like because like the you know even though now we know that the body will decompose or whatever i I don't i don't know there's um right it's it's it's, there's not so the the afterlife the post-death component isn't really a strong part of Judaism, um, whereas it's it is the primary focus of of Christianity. Well, um, and and also other religions. You know, I mean, Hinduism, Buddhism. I believe. Well, less so Buddhism, but Hinduism. Um, it's not that there is an afterlife exactly, but the structure of karmic reincarnation is um, is a central karma- thesis, isn't it? Well, karma didn't. The, the notion of karma was introduced by the Buddha. Um, it wasn't. It oh, wasn't. Okay. In I'm sorry. Um, I've, uh, so I've taken way too many like Eastern religion courses, but not like specific like Buddhism, Hinduism, yeah. Confucius. So like, there's a lot of where they start to run together in my brain. Yeah. A little bit. So here's here's the best uh, simplified way to understand it from um, being familiar with the Abrahamic religions. The sort of best way to understand um, Hinduism versus Buddhism, and this is an oversimplification, um, but Hinduism is to Buddhism as Judaism is to Christianity. So- That is an interesting analogy. Well, the Buddha was a sort of Christ-like figure. Um, He was Hindu, he came out of Hinduism. He was predicted by Hinduism, sort of a kind of uh, messiah-type figure that was, uh, you know, sort of destined to be, um, who came and reformed Hinduism into a new um, salvation-based religion, which Hinduism isn't much of a salvation-based religion. Um, I mean, Hinduism does have the concept of enlightenment and and achieving um, achieving you know, nirvana, oneness, nirvana. Yeah, even though that word isn't it's used in Buddhist. Hinduism. Yeah, that yeah. word is more Buddhist. But yes, so like um, Hinduism is, talks I mean, about. They talk about they they do if I remember correctly, and maybe I'm thinking of Buddhism again. They do actually have a, a concept of heaven 
but it is very different from the Christian concept of heaven in that it's not a final destination. It's just like another plane of existence that you could be reincarnated into. No, you don't get reincarnated into it. You achieve it. There are 14 worlds or lokas in existence. Seven of these realms exist above the plane that humans exist on. The highest loka is Satyalok. This is where Brahma or the Supreme Consciousness exists, free from the fetters of birth and death. The dimension under that is known as Tapalok. This world is inhabited by immortal beings who are personifications of knowledge. They are beings of great purity and can access Brahmalok, the realm above them, with great ease. Under this level is Janalok, where realized beings live. These are souls who have complete and unhindered access to the material world. They can travel to any place at the speed of thought. Then comes Maharlok, the abode of great sages and rishis. These are beings who through long periods of tapasya have become greater than the devas themselves. Following this, there is Swarglok, a world that is often mistakenly assumed to be heaven. This is where deities like Indra exist. It is also home to various sages and Gandharvas. Mythological accounts show it as being on top of Mount Meru. Under the Devas, there is Bhuvarlok. This is the realm of the sun and the planets. It is also the plane where life-supporting atmosphere exists. This level is inhabited by semi-divine beings who may occasionally become part of the human world as well. Under all these dimensions is Bhulok, the seventh plane of existence. This is where human beings live along with all the other species of life. In addition to the earth, Bhulok is said to contain millions of other worlds as well. And, and but the, the, what the shift that Buddhism really makes is that in Hinduism, it's more like, um, yeah, some people will get this and they're like very special, you know, that's where the, the caste system partially derives from although that's very complicated and i don't want to say that too much about that with my without my indian friend here to give me corrections the shift that buddhism really takes is it is it takes it from like it it really dedicates like to like no you should spend your life trying to achieve this um versus hinduism which is more like yeah some people will achieve that that's cool um, and Buddhism is, is more uh, like here is the set of practices how to how to get to there, how to how to how to escape karma, because um, karma is a very misunderstood concept. Um, it's it's not just like you know I punched somebody in the face and so I'm gonna lose my parking spot. Um, it's it's a constant or, or even cycle. like oh I was a dick in this life so next life I'm gonna come back as like a squirrel or something like it's not even as simple as that. It's not as simple as that. It's, it's much more it's compounded over all of your lives. And well, literally what it means is it means the cycle. It means being stuck in the loop, whether mm. and, and it, it's it's doing good things too, it's doing good things. And so I have, you know, some good perpetuation or I do bad things and I have some bad perpetuation, but both are equally undesirable. Um, karma itself, uh. the, the, the notion that you're stuck in the cycle of perpetuation. The goal of Buddhism is to escape that. 
is so to... it's not even about doing like good things to get right. a higher or whatever like it's yeah, no it's it's not it's you want the, to have the whole wheel itself is what you want to get out of exactly what, yes that it's is... not about doing good or bad things it's about doing these things that help you that aren't moving you to a different spot in the cycle but taking yeah. you out of the cycle entirely exactly yeah 100 that's what that's that's the central thesis of that is definitely something that i think would be really tough for like a westerner to to understand i guess you know it makes sense why that is so misunderstood here in the west hmm. yeah anyway yeah no it's it's, it's a, it is a very uh different notion <laughs> so um, it's, it's not consequentialist Right, right. Which, uh, so, 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 and I keep interrupting. I apologize. You were, you were talking about um, this comparison: Judaism to Christianity, Hinduism to Buddhism. Yeah. So, I mean, Christian Jesus was a Jewish rabbi um, who was born into Judaism, raised in Judaism, and then um, reformed Jewish philosophy to a point that a whole new religion started. And that's basically what Buddha did. He was a Hindu born into Hinduism, raised in Hinduism. Um, a, a Hindu um, priest isn't the right word, um, uh, but uh, a lecturer, sage. speaker, sage, yes, um, who then reformed Hinduist thought enough to the point that a new religion started. So there, there's, there, it's, a, it's a pretty decent analogy. And again, I would say, similar to Christianity, that Buddhism is salvation-focused. And, all right, so... Salvation so means something different. Yes, definitely. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about that, that concept, because I think that's really um, a, a central to, to this conversation. Um, salvation. Understanding that with Eastern religions, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's something different entirely. One of the things that um, that that Julian kind of brought up in there is this idea that first of all that other religions are trying to are are giving you ways to be more godlike, right, or to to get you closer to the divine in a in some sense, right? Obviously, he frames it in a very Christian centric way because that's the tradition he comes from. Yeah, um, and we won't begrudge him that. But, but extrapolating, right, most of these religions are very focused on here's the things you have to do to be more divine, to and, be more holy in some way, right? And what I would say is that even though the current dominant view of Christianity is belief-focused, historically, it's not. Um, Jesus himself, the Gospels, are about here's how to be godlike. You have to, you know, forgive other people and give away everything you don't need to those who need it more. Um, turn Chuck the other down trees that don't give you fruit. <laughs> um, that that story, by the way, um, as much as I love to make fun of it, the the actual lesson in that story is believe in yourself, believe in your believe in your own divinity. Literally, how to be godlike. Um, after he he curses the fig tree, he says to his disciples. Any of you could have done that. If you look at that mountain and tell it to jump into the sea, if you truly believe that it will, then it will. You have the power, the same power that I have. You can have that power if you believe in yourself, if you believe in your own divinity. Hmm. So I would like, I'm like to try that. <laughs> I have tried it. It's really hard. <laughs> um, um, but I mean, so like, 
literally actually like as much as that fig tree story is kind of a running joke among the non-Christian community, it's also a direct counter to his point because what Jesus was saying in that in that parable was like all of you have the power of God at your your hands. Um, so like you know he did it to make an example kind of as yeah. is how it reads to me anyway. What I um if I if I could I I think one of the like at the core of what Julian was trying to say is this concept that either people are trying to move or religion is trying to move people towards God or trying to move God towards people in very like broad generalized senses. Yeah. My thing is, I don't think that, I don't think that's the the case. I think that it's purely up to perspective because really what all the religions are trying to do is move them both together. No, um, I don't think that's either I don't think that's true either. I think that it's it's not it's not uh we're not on a we're not on a line. We're on at least a plane, if not a cube. Um, so it it's it's you're it's you're his his argument is it's either left or right, and your argument is that it could be in the middle. And what I'm saying is like, but sometimes it's up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like for example let's talk about Judaism like I talked about in the in the clip I sent you last night um a lot of the the things the the Jewish laws are not about getting closer to God um they're about you know making laws for the community um the example that I gave in the in the clip was like oh a bunch of people got sick after eating shellfish now we're going to make a rule that says don't eat shellfish um, like, you know, like so much of like, uh, Deuteronomy, for example, <laughs> Exodus Deuteronomy numbers is just like, um, so if a dude cheats on his wife and doesn't get the woman pregnant, then he can be forgiven. If he does get the wife pregnant, she can divorce him, but he still has to raise the child that he had with like, and it's just all these like social laws that like, huh. when you read it, like, it's just, it's obvious to me that like some happened. And the priests were just like, oh, all right, we need a new law. <laughs> what, well, what should people not do? Yeah, and so I don't think that, you know, yeah, today Judaism is like, you know, Orthodox Judaism is like, well, we follow all of these rules, but like the origin of those religious laws isn't about getting closer to God. It's just like, uh, all right, so Mark, Debbie, but he has a kid with Rwanda and like, you know, like it, it's, you know, like, ah, man, like 10 people. All right, we've got a food poisoning plague. What are we going to do about that? Like, <laughs> like it's when you read the laws, it seems very clear to me that they're just dealing with issues. It's just civil management, really. Yes, yeah, civil management. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it's not about getting closer to God or bringing God closer. They're just, they're God's people and mm-hmm. they've got to deal with all of these civil issues. Um, so it's not left or right, it's up. Um, one of the other things that stands out to me about when you're looking at stuff, you know, Deuteronomy and numbers and, and some of these laws and, and the text of these old religions is just how regionalized it is like yeah. so much in for example the old testament or torah um is is like specifically 
geared towards a culture in the like a deserty or or like you know uh, Mesopotamian kind of climate, right? Whereas if you look at um, Chinese religions or South American religions or African religions or Scandinavian religions from you know from those times, um, yes. it's all very it, there's there's so much that's based on the place that they live, the yeah. a, the animals you see in those books, the the landmarks, the fact that like they don't have holy sites all around the world, it's just in that one area, is yeah. Like I mean, weird. I would say I would say almost except for Buddhism and Christianity, um, most religions seem to me to have a pretty heavy basis in what you called civil management. No, that's unfair. That's overbroad. Um, well, Native I mean, American even so, like, like, yeah, like you think it, about the Greek together, the Greek mythologies and stuff are stories that are ultimately they're told to uh to instruct people on like how how to live and we're not talking about so. how to be godlike no, but just like the right like... way to treat people um well, i i don't agree that the greek mythologies were about how to live i think that the greek mythologies were mostly about explaining nature um every every, every aspect of nature is personified that's we have fair, the that's... personification of storm the personification of ocean the personification of love mm -hmm. the personification of drunkenness mm -hmm. um you know the personification sure, sure. of communication um that's also it, a huge component fair absolutely I'm, i I, like... I think it's the primary component in the greek in the greek one which uh the greek I'm all right so not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but like the Greek ones are, the Greek mythologies are a little bit tough because every town basically had their own. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, they so had like their, their it's, uh, there's so freaking many. And there are. They, and they all have different variations. Well, and here's so it's a little tricky. thing I want to point out is that it's not that dissimilar to Japanese Shintoism. Um, I always, I don't, I don't know enough about it. I've again only kind of peripherally looked at Shintoism. Basically, and and I would say that, like to me, in my explorations anyway, um, and and this is where I kind of disagree with you a little bit about the regionality. Is that I think that there is um, a pretty a pretty common thread in a lot of um, sort of uh, in, in, in not in all, but in a lot of of the ancient religions. Um, uh, Native American um, sort of shamanism type, uh, even though that's way too broad of a brush. There's, you know, hundreds to thousands of different religious ideologies in the in the in the Native times. But but just in the broad way we understand it, the romantic way that we understand it, um, Greek mythology, um, Egyptian mythology, um, Shintoism. What we have in in so many of these polytheistic religions is just a breakdown into personifying every single thing. So the, for example, in Shintoism, there's the notion of the gami, the, which is, it, it's, it translates basically to God, but every single thing in nature has its own gami. So, so there's the, the God of this tree and there's the God of that tree and there's the God of this river and there's mm. the God of that rock and that pebble and this cave. And you know every single thing has its own gami. So what um, you're saying is just because, like, the assumption there always is that no matter where they travel, every everything has its own gami anyway. 
Yeah, which I mean, to me gets sort of back into this notion of what I brought up earlier, the whole like consciousness field, which is this, this idea that there is a, a consciousness component to material existence. And that, you know, on some level, that little pebble exists in its own self and has some level of experience, not necessarily a human experience, but some spiritual existence, right? Um, and that every, every material thing does, every tree, every river, every mountain, big, small, collective, or individual um, has its own spiritual essence. And um, in Shintoism, they, and I would argue in Greek mythology, um, those religions are more focused on, um, you know, appreciating the essence of all of the different individual things versus, you know, monotheistic religions. And if we're going to do a religious divide, I think it's less significant to talk about going to God or God coming to us. I think it's more significant if we talk about God as a unifying factor or God as a whole bunch of different individuals, which, by the way, that's the interesting part about Hinduism is Hinduism is unique in that it does both. It, it has the Brahman, which is the like the all God, and then also like, yeah, I know every other thing is also its own God, um, but they're all Brahman too. Brahman is all of it. And, and that's kind of cool, I think, about Hinduism, is yeah. that they're like, yeah, no, there's, there's one of everything, and then everything is one of itself. Um, and so, like, Hinduism is unique in that it manages to be both monotheistic and polytheistic simultaneously, which I, I can't say is true for really any other religion to that extent. Yeah, not that I can think of. You shared with me that the Julian said this, and um, there's a couple of things I want to say about it. There's actually a whole lot I want to say about it, but I we don't have time for all of I want to say. Um, actually, specifically about like this this notion of Buddhism specifically, and his his talk about Christianity provides a path to be with God, um, even now in this life, to 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 be in His presence, to be one with God. No, that's that's Buddhism, dude. That's that's what. Buddhism isn't about reincarnation. Buddhism is about escaping reincarnation and literally becoming God. Like uh, the drop returns to the ocean. Um, you, you, you came from God, you're a raindrop, and all you want to do is get back into the, the big pool of water that is God. Like that's, that's Buddhism. Um, is the whole goal of Buddhism is to get back to being with God. Um, so like... You understand um, one very common interpretation of your religion very well, clearly, um, but you don't understand the other ones, um, not not at all. And uh, yeah, no, bhakti and karma don't go in the same sentence. I'm sorry. Um, just as an aside, uh, <laughs> that's like that's like you know saying you know Greek Orthodox and uh, can you can you explain what those are so that. Yeah, bhakti is, okay, bhakti is uh, one path towards enlightenment. Um, karma is like a thing that exists. It's the cycle so it's, that enlightenment is trying to get you out of. Right, it's the cycle that enlightenment is trying to get you out of. So it's kind of like saying like, you know, one way to, like if, if I were going to put this in the same terms talking about Christianity, it'd be like if I was reading off a Wikipedia page and I'm like, 
And yeah, some important things about Christianity to know about are the Greek Orthodox Church and the concept of sin. Like, that's, that's, that's <laughs> like not, it's, it's they're not. It's, it's like when Donald Trump talks about economic things. Like, yeah, he says like, words that have to do with economics. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But like, <laughs> nah, there's no understanding there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, bhakti is a, is a philosophy, a sub-philosophy. Um, it's, I, it's, it's, um, so, uh, there's four main ones, and I only remember two of them. Um, basically, the bhakti path towards enlightenment is, uh, and, and my, again, my Indian friend, uh, would have so many corrections for me on this. Um, if any Indians are watching, I'm sorry for butchering Hinduism. Um, but the bhakti path simplified oversimplified for a Western audience um, is, is the idea that you get to enlightenment through devotion, through just like, you know, you pick your God, whichever God, the God of, you know, luck or the God of this lamp that's in front of me, whatever, and you just love it so much, so purely, so intensely, so completely that your love purifies you completely. Um, it's actually, it's, it's called a yoga, bhakti yoga which um, yoga means practice, um, a, way of, a way of getting there. Um, another one is called Raja Yoga. That's, um, that's the one that I practiced when I was in Hinduism, which is getting to um, enlightenment via meditation, which is the one that Buddhism came out of. Mm. Um, and there's two others, and I kind of forget what they are. No, no, I... Um vinyasa and <laughs> yeah i think i'm kidding but i, I might think you are too. but yeah, i mean i just that is I a, there's so many vinyasa so many is a type of yoga like the exercise sort of thing. Aha, aha. Yeah, yeah no there's yeah again <laughs> but again though etymologically the word yoga just means practice sure um so again praxis yoga yoga means mm. praxis um there you go to try to put a bit of a bow on this thing Long story short, we can definitely say that religions are not in two categories of either trying to become more like God or God making them God becoming more human. Yeah, right? I would say that these are things that are economy. these are things that are prominent elements of just about every religion on the planet. Yeah, right? uh, all of them have have to the do history with a little bit of, of both. Sure. Um, and, but and, and also, religions all throughout also up history. and down so it's not even just right that, right that it's a mix of those two things there's also other things right like, they're just components and these are only two components but neither of these things define any religion they right. are and i would say another carrots in the stew and another third component that i think gets overlooked is the component of civil management mm. which was a major aspect of a lot of ancient religions before we had things like the institution of, you know, civil law. Um, religion served that purpose, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh, A few hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 I guess so. Well, there was then, yeah, no, monarchies were supposedly... I mean, the yeah. real, like, rise of, uh, of the secular nation-state is still in progress or i guess the it, it like there are still theocracies yeah and no, there, there's there about to be another there. one as the taliban takes over afghanistan you know like so 
and, and I don't I don't mean one. to drag us into politics. I'm just saying, right, but like you know, just to make the point that like religion is still. I mean, even here in America, we still have this debate after 250 years of saying no religion in the government. We still have to do this debate all the goddamn time because mm -hmm. religious people feel, well, I don't want to go, uh, I always say I don't want to go too far down this road. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole because religious people believe they have the answer to the most important question in life, which is the question of everything in life and believe that everything should fit that. And while they may be uh, a little tippy-toe about pushing it on people, and they may try to be more like polite about it, we have to understand that, I mean, at least, at the very least here in America and the relationship between Christianity and America is that they, the Christians want Christian law in America. Yeah, they well, might not well, be think, willing to say it out loud, but that's oh, they, what they, they want. They Some of them do. Some of them do. <laughs> Plenty of them um, do. But many something... of them don't. Like Pat will say, like Pat's a, a, a Christian, and he has said many, many times on the podcast that he, oh, I don't think that uh, that you know we should have laws based on religion, but he wants he'll want to have laws based on morality, and his morality is based on his religion. Right. And, you know, yeah, there's a um, little bit of separation. But anyway, okay, ramble, rant over. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. I think you said one thing in there that I want to touch on. <laughs> Very interesting. One good thing. No, I mean, you said a lot of a lot of <laughs> things. There's one thing I want to touch yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to touch on this uh, notion that, um, you know, you said something about, like, you know, because they think that they have the answer. And... I think that that's at the heart of a lot of a lot of this, um, and it's not exclusive to the religious. Um, I have the same sure. complaint about um, very evangelical atheists. Mm -hmm. um, like they're so certain in in their belief of nothing. Yes. And and they really they're really convinced that they know. They know, and you should know too. And you're stupid if you don't realize that there's nothing. And I think that that's I think that's what bothers me the most um, about any any of the people is that there's lots of religious people that aren't so evangelical and gnostic. Um, there's lots of religious people that are like, yeah, I, I believe in you know Jesus or Buddha or whatever, but I, I don't really know. Um, and there's, you know, lots of people that are like, yeah, I think there's probably nothing, but I don't really know. And I think that that's, that's the good way to be. What bothers me is anybody who's like, oh, I have the answer. I know the answer. They're like, no, dude, no, no, you don't know the answer. You can't right. know the answer. Um, and, and, but we want to know, right? It, it, it's a harder, it's harder to allow yourself to say like, Man, there's a universe instead of no universe. That's weird. I don't know why that happened. Um, like that's scary. And a lot of people want to comfort themselves with having the answer. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's sure. the one thing that all the religions and including you know devout atheism have in common is mm -hmm. there's just a whole lot of scared people that want to be able to say, like, I know mm -hmm. and like sorry but you don't I don't 
no. You, <laughs> um, I mean, you may have a, a pretty solid idea, but you always have to be open to being wrong. Like, yeah. there's, no matter how, oh my God, my kitten is, is demanding attention. Um, anyway, yeah, I agree 100%. It's the, it's the certainty that drives me nuts. And, and related, and, and sort of my final thought is that, um, you know, a lot of times we've had this discussion on the podcast because we've had uh, a few like um, philosophical type episodes um, where we've talked a little bit about, you know, the meaning of life. What is the point of life and stuff? And this is a very, very common thread that the religious pull on. They say, well, if there's no, you know, God with a grand plan or anything, like what's the point of this? And why do you assume that there is one? Yeah. Maybe there is, but it's certainly not a foregone conclusion. It is I... very, very possible that we are just sort of here by happenstance and we are just fumbling through this weird accident of existence. Yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not a depressing thought to me. It that is doesn't... to me. I don't, why? I don't know, man. Because, like, because then like at that, that point, mindset. here's the thing. At that point, the living itself becomes the point. Experiencing well, yeah, no. the life yeah. is the point. It's not about someone else's grand plan, some deity that you're here to serve. It's just, well, what you're saying you is just you live your life and. Yeah, that's, um, that's in line with Nietzsche. I mean, you're, basic, you're basically summarizing Nietzsche. Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, I would, yes, uh, in a sense, I am a little bit more absurdist, Camus is my... I would say nihilistic, view. but not the way that it's used. Well... Like, in the way that it was meant to be. What? Like, Nietzsche's nihilism, not, like, yeah. apathetic nihilism. Right, right. Nietzsche is, like, pure nihilism. Yeah, um, but which, like which is what I'm talking about it, right now. But I'm talking yeah. like in a broader philosophical sense, I identify you're, you're more with. You're talking about in the positive way. If yes. there is nothing, if there is no meaning, then we everything meaning. has meaning. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 actually the actual original meaning of nihilism. Right. Um, that that meaning is a, a product of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, which is yeah. where I land because at, at because ultimately, I mean, I have my opinion about whether there's a higher power or not um and my my opinion is no but i might be wrong kind of thing like but if you are of the belief so, if you are of the nietzschean notion that we create meaning then that's the down to the left right or up is mm -hmm. that it's not about coming closer to god or or bringing god to us but about about creating god ourselves yeah with a lowercase g sure yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely I, mean, I like that i like that it's the down i like that because i'm down with it what? <laughs> okay. all right uh you have any final thoughts um everybody should read nietzsche mm, good thought <laughs> even if it's a little bit over dramatic sometimes and for those english speakers she's talking about nietzsche okay <laughs> am kidding. i am i saying it wrong or? i don't know i have no idea it's a german yeah, name so uh you know i've only really I'm seen just... it written for the most part 
I always hear it Nietzsche, but I think Nietzsche, uh, I have no idea. I have never met the man, so I haven't had a chance to Well, he's dead. (laughs) Right, exactly. He's dead and we killed him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that rim shot, I'm going to (laughs) say thank you so much for taking some time to, to really flesh out this concept because I know it might not be wholly satisfying for people to hear basically we say yeah it's not that easy and and just leave it at that so this has been a nice little fact check deep dive yeah i had fun i always have fun talking about (laughs) the most difficult to talk about things well like the more messy and complicated the more fun i have discussing it absolutely if it was easy where it wouldn't be fun yeah yeah you know all right well thanks a lot and have a great night and i'm gonna have a great morning Okay. And time differences are funny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take it easy. All right, later, man. Thanks for listening. There's going to be lots more episodes on religion to come, so don't worry. If there's any topics that you'd like to hear about in particular, feel free to email us at beatadeadsource at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever you prefer. If you'd like to help out the show, you can do so by sharing it with a friend or by contributing financially. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed it. Excuse me. I had a fart. Sorry.